welcome to another story from the Raven Narratives. I'm Sarah Severson. And I'm Tom Yoder. We are the co-producers of the Raven Narratives. Earlier this year, we had the pleasure of working with students from Southwest Open School in Cortez and Animus High School in Durango for a youth storytelling project that we called Talon Tales. We want to say big thanks to Nate Osgood, who's a teacher at Southwest Open School, and Allie Johnson, a teacher at Animus High School, for supporting this project featuring the voices of youth across our communities. The story that you are about to hear was told by Catalina Shirley. She is a 15-year-old competitive ice climber and member of Team USA, as you're about to hear. She's also a sophomore at Animus High School, but her favorite place to be is outside, high up on a route. Her interests include math, traveling, chocolate, and climbing with stabbies. Here is Catalina's story. Two figures flew up the ice, tools and crampons in perfect rhythm. 22 seconds, 24 seconds, then it was my turn. Let me go back a little bit. I'm here in France competing at the UIAA Youth World Championships against 71 athletes from nine different countries. Now, UIAA stands for International Climbing and Mountaineering Federation, only it's in French, so it's like something like United International de Alpinism, something like that, (laughs) UIAA for short. Anyways, I'm looking around at all these athletes, and at this point I'd only been ice climbing for a couple of months, although I'd been rock climbing for more than half my life. And I'm looking around at all these people and I'm just so nervous like what if I make a fool of myself like everybody's gonna think like oh who's this little American girl like what's she doing here she doesn't belong here and I had I had already competed in lead which was the other discipline which is more like difficulty and like it's more technical and that's what I really like trained for And I had done really well in that. I had placed third, which earned me a bronze medal, which was fantastic. And I was really proud of myself, but now that was over and it was time for speed. Now, speed is unlike anything you have ever seen before. It's like you're just like pulling with your arms and kicking with your legs and just trying to get up this wall as fast as possible. Like just hoping that your tools and your crampons catch on something and that you don't like accidentally cross your arms and send a Fifi right through your bicep. So anyways, (laughs) it's time for speed. And my name is called and I step up to, I have two belayers, one to pull down and one to pull out. (laughs) They think I'm gonna be going fast, which I don't think I am, but. Anyway, the countdown begins, and it's ready, attention, go, and I go, and it's certainly very, very slow, and I make it to the top of the wall in 40 seconds, which, good thing this was just a practice round, because that would have put me in dead last. So I'm getting lowered, and I just know that I have to do better, like, Something has better happen, like, before I start this next run, because this, this isn't, like, that's not going to fly. I'm, I'm not okay with getting last. That's not the person I am. And I get a few last-minute pointers from my coach before my name is called for the second time. And when the countdown happens and I go, this time like something does click and I'm actually moving pretty fast and I'm pulling with my arms and I'm kicking with my legs and I'm up and I'm climbing and I hit the buzzer at the top and I turn to look next to me 
and the girl next to me hits it a second after I do and I go like oh I just beat someone that's cool <laughs> and I start getting lowered and I turn around to look at the clock and it's flashing 24 seconds and my last time was 40 seconds so I'm like you know that's cool <laughs> I that that's what I was going for <laughs> and when I get to the ground I'm about to go over to my coach when the girl who I was competing against stops me and her name is Daria she's from Russia she's really really good she's about you know this tall but she's just like this little ball of like muscle and power like perfect for speed and ice climbing and she has this long braid down her back and she's wearing pink and she comes up to me she barely speaks any English but she knows enough to say you are very good and in that moment I know that this is what competitions like these are all about like it's not about competing with these people from other countries it's about like making friendships with them and making relationships with them and that's the power that ice climbing has to bring us together and fast forward one year later I'm in Melbourne Liechtenstein and I see Daria again when we're both registering for our next World Cup and we wave and we smile and we say hello but that's about all there is because she's two years younger than me so we're not competing against each other anymore. I moved up to U19 while she's still in U16. But this time I meet two other girls, uh, Yeva also from Russia and Amira from Switzerland. And now isolation is the best place to meet people, as ironic as that sounds. Uh, isolation is actually, it's basically our warm-up room but the whole point is you're not supposed to see people climbing the tower because you could get beta which is like valuable insight on how to do the route like oh it doesn't work if you like grab it like this you have to like grab it like that and yeah isolation i like all my best stories come from isolation like the longest you can be in there is eight hours which luckily i've never been in there that long but we can get pretty bored in there and we come up with like you know like the craziest things like we have this game where we throw our fruit boots which are like our crampon boots and like we hook them at this wooden warm-up structure and like try to get the sharp bit to stick in the wood <laughs> and the whole place is just like this gear like tornado like there's stuff everywhere and you know all different gear from all different countries and you know there's people switching out front points and crampons and picks and all sorts of stuff and it's just like you know all this neon team gear everywhere puffies and stuff and you know there's people in the corner like playing soccer and people like you know leaning against the wall listening to music with their earbuds and we're all trying to you know share this warm-up structure and I guess everybody has like their own ritual like before they go out to compete like their own way of like psyching themselves up and getting warmed up like there's this one Russian guy who literally just like swings his arms over his head and like screams in Russian for like a solid minute before he goes out to compete <laughs> and the French guys take like you know those like exercise bands like the rubber bands and like wrap them around their waist and run as fast as they can before they get slingshotted back and <laughs> that's how they warm up for speed <laughs> and then you know there was this Canadian guy who got everybody to like sign his chest so he could take like a little bit of like you know all the countries up on the route with him and like we all just have like you know it's it's basically just the best place for you know meeting people we're all in this room 
And that's where I met Amira. And that night, um, I'm with Amira, and we're back in our hotel room with two other girls. And, you know, we're all, like, pajama pants, sweatpants, wet hair, like, you know, just hanging out. We're all, like, in one bed, like, looking over this laptop screen, watching, like, a World Cup rerun from the years prior and telling stories. And she has the greatest stories about all the World Cups that she's ever competed in. And, you know, we're just hanging out, like, just like I would with my friends back here. And I don't know if I'll, like, ever see her again, but... You know, in that moment, we were, like, we were hanging out as, like, best friends. And there's really no difference between, like, her and, you know, the people in this room. Like, I think that these people um, from foreign countries, like, they understand me better than, you know, people right here. And that's powerful. And other than the fact that she, you know, she speaks English pretty well, but other than the fact that, you know, she calls a coach a trainer and she randomly says the word bumble at random moments when none of us could really quite figure out what it meant. <laughs> other than that, you know, we're just regular teenagers and, you know, just hanging out. And a lot of people don't see that side of my sport. Like, a lot of people think, like, ice climbing, you know, it's really dangerous. Like, as I said, you send a Fifi through your bicep, like, you pop off so easily, like, just a little twist of the tool. Like, you know, you're in a figure four, and you fall, and then you fall, like, you plummet, like, 20 feet before you get caught by the rope. And, you know, they only see the waking up at 5 a.m. to go to morning training, then off to school and back to training again. And they see the, you know, the bruises and all the little stab marks up and down my legs and the black toenails and all that. And really, they wonder why I do it. But I think it should be obvious, like, why I do it. Like, it takes me places that I never thought I would go. Like, climbing has brought me to France. It's brought me to Liechtenstein. And it's allowed me to meet the most incredible people, like people who I never would have met, people from, you know, countries that we never interact with, like from quote unquote, like sketchy countries and stuff. Like I know people from Russia and South Korea and Iran, and not many teenagers can say that. And I'm so fortunate to have found my sport and my passion at such a young age, and I'm going to fight for it. And never let it go. And speaking of go, that's one more thing this sport has taught me. I can now say go in a ton of different languages to, you know, cheer on all my foreign friends. And yeah, they're, they are my friends. So go, Ali, Davai, Venga, Damba, like go. And if there's one thing ice climbing has taught me, it's to go. To go, find your passion, and chase it, and to always be strong. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Catalina, for telling your story. To hear more stories like this one, subscribe to the Raven Narratives podcast on iTunes, on SoundCloud, or Stitcher, where you can also leave comments and share these stories with your friends. And to find out what the themes will be at upcoming events and to pitch your story for a future Raven Narratives live storytelling event, 
go to our website at ravennarratives.org, check out the events page, and then fill out the form on the contact page to pitch your story. The Raven Narratives also offers group and one-on-one storytelling services to support organizations and businesses. More on those services is also on our website. You can also see a photo gallery of our storytellers there, taken by the incredible McCarson Lee of Red Scarf Shots Photography. Find out more about her photography services for shooting your portraits or special events at redscarfshots.com. Our theme music was written, composed, and performed by Jazar, and you can find out more about his music on SoundCloud or at freemusicarchive.org. Now for the outtake. <laughs> it's like, uh, did you ever see Sesame Street? Yeah. Oh, yeah. With the- <laughs> Close. Bye. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you remember that one? Totally, yes. Close. That's how I learned close and far. Far. <laughs> I learned it too, man. That's how we all learned it. Austin's looking at us suspiciously. We're, this is work. <laughs> <laughs>